Welcome to the J Crypto Audio Experience. First off, thanks for coming. Second off, I want to congratulate you for investing in the education of blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, decentralized finance, all those terms that when you first hear you go, what the hell does that mean? Blockchain is a technology shift, guys. Once in a lifetime opportunity. This is Malibu beachfront property, $1,000 per the acre. Now, to take advantage of it properly, you got to invest in that education. And that's what you're here for. That's what I'm here for. So let's learn together. What's up, guys and girls, ladies and gents? This is Jay Crypto once again. And today I'm going to bring you some sweet content and clue you in on some major headlines, show you some unique perspectives, especially when it comes to Bitcoin, banking, and some things that you may not have thought about. Or maybe you have, and this will reaffirm them or give you a new perspective on them. So before we begin, you can subscribe to the channel to get uh, some low-key projects that you may not have heard of, but you will hear of. Or some general macro news on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Polkadot, and your favorite altcoins. And uh, some other stuff. Alright, let's get right into it. So first off, let me just say that cryptocurrency is very volatile. Highly risky, and I'm not a financial advisor. Currently, Bitcoin is consolidating, it seems, between the $28,000 and $40,000 range. Quite a range to consolidate. Currently, it's at $34,000. We see a pump for Ethereum over the past few days, and this could be due to the recent uh, proximity that we're gaining in closeness to the update on Ethereum, which will start to burn every, which will start to burn Ethereum upon every transaction, making Ethereum more scarce and bringing the price up. Uh, Binance coin we got at 292, Cardano we got at 134, Dogecoin we got at 25 cents, XRP we got at 67 cents, and then we have Polkadot all the way down to $15. Quite a steal, in my opinion. Alright, moving on. So, today's episode you're not going to want to miss, and I really do mean that. There's some really, really interesting stuff in here. If you've been following my channel, you know that I bring you a lot of Bitcoin news because Bitcoin drives the market and still holds a lot of dominance over coins like Ethereum and altcoins and decentralized finance. So let's get right into it. NYDIG set to bring Bitcoin adoption to 650 US banks and credit unions. New York Digital Investment Group NYDIG has partnered with the Atlanta-based enterprise payment behemoth NCR to enable Bitcoin BTC services for banks and credit unions in the United States. According to Forbes on Wednesday, the deal will see 650 banks and credit unions. Guys, this is so big. I can't even tell you how big this is. And credit unions in the U.S. able to provide Bitcoin trading service to their over 24 million customers. The NCR is also reported eyeing BTC payment services for its almost 200,000 retail clients. Oh my god. Alright, why are they doing this? I can tell you why in a very brief sentence. Ready? It's super easy to understand. The reality is 
that your local bank, your local retail bank is losing a ton of funds. And they're losing these funds because money from paychecks are getting transferred to the bank and transferred out quick as that to cryptocurrency trading platforms. This has been happening for a while. We've seen this grow more and more. And banks are realizing that in order to protect some of the millions to, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars leaving their ecosystems, they need to do something. They need to act. Let's keep reading. NYDIG will reportedly offer its in-house Bitcoin custody solution, removing a major regulatory impediment for community banks and other financial institutions looking to deal in cryptocurrencies. Guys, I say this all the time. Cryptocurrency blockchain was a complete surprise attack to governments. And I'm not going to put on my tinfoil hat for this one. People can say that, oh yeah, governments are orchestrating, they, they own the world and all this all this crazy stuff. But what I believe is that blockchain and cryptocurrency was a very, very you know unique type of niche surprise attack that central banks, our banking financial institutions just were not prepared for. Govern governments weren't prepared for. So you have t one of two moves. If you're a government, okay, or if you're a bank, you have one of two moves. You can either do what these guys are doing, which is, hey, listen, we're losing tons of funds because cryptocurrency isn't illegal and people are going to be trading very transparently, putting money into Coinbase, putting money into KuCoin, putting money into Binance. And they're going to be taking funds out of our bank, which we need those funds to earn interest on. So what the hell are we going to do? Okay, so we need to add some kind of payment rails or, or some kind of transaction rails so that way people can buy Bitcoin right from the bank and somehow compete with these large exchanges. So what they can also do to compete with these large exchanges is make payment rails where you can actually pay for things using your Bitcoin in your bank. And to do that, you have to have the Bitcoin in the bank. So that's an incentive. Finally, the banks are realizing they need to compete Otherwise, they're going to be dead. So let's make, okay, for the meantime, until we figure out something else to completely destroy this technology that's going to be eating away at our monetary policy, let's do something innovative enough and incentive enough for the people. So now banks are going to have to compete by creating some kind of value for their customers. Okay, this is what we wanted from the beginning, guys. Now, I'm not an idealist, and I still am hesitant to completely fall the notion that banks are going to completely do everything in the best interest of their users because that's just not how the old infrastructure was you know worked we trusted banks to store our value and they would take all the profits to pay for their overhead and make a little bit of profit and it's a very inefficient system uh, a very outdated system okay a lot of this is solved now and just we don't have the infrastructures in place to scale DeFi, but we have the technology to do it it's just a matter of time it's not it's a matter of when not if okay the other solution governments and banks could have done is taking an approach that we've seen fail time and time again and the reason why it fails is it's just a short-term approach it's also a false accusation against the nature of blockchain and crypto and it has no weight to stand on when you get down to the facts and the data. And that approach, of course, is banning cryptocurrency. 
you can ban crypto so that way you can't take money out of banks and put it into crypto but the reason why this fails is because then people just get smarter and they learn how to adopt cryptocurrency faster they learn how to get their money onto crypto exchanges illegally okay and though less people will do it it still happens people still find ways to store their value in india or in china in in these other parts of the world without going through you know the legal channels so that's not good plus they're banning crypto a very efficient technology and you know some cryptocurrencies may be complete garbage but blockchain in general it's a technology that's going to advance human society and the only reason why banks or governments would want to not have it advance it is because blockchain takes a lot of leverage away from voting or i mean government because you can have you can self-govern on the blockchain and have things very transparent and monies our monetary policy because on blockchain we can now transact peer-to-peer -peer digital value so that's kind of why banks and governments are trying to figure this freaking thing out and they're being forced this was the greatest play in history they're being forced guys to accept crypto and start at least in the short term adopting it and putting it into their banks because otherwise they're going to be done right it's like if blockbuster started their own streaming service well they also have to pay for all their overhead so there's a lot of stuff happening and i think banks are starting to get a little bit smart nydig you know, which has a vested interest in these banks succeeding is going to help them do this. But I think this was the smartest move that any banks and any government can do, because if you suppress Bitcoin, if you suppress the tech, people will adopt it quicker. And you're also hiding the truth that an efficient technology shouldn't be used, which is complete garbage. People are going to use it if it's efficient and available. And with projects like ICP coming out, it's just a matter of time before everything just gets more and more decentralized and governments lose leverage, banks lose leverage, which isn't always a good thing, by the way. I'm not saying it's a great thing, but, you know, I'm a capitalist, so I, I don't mind less, you know, less big brother out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> However, moving forward, Russia is central bank to study crypto investment risk. This is a huge theme in the market, guys. Listen to this. Russia's central bank has scheduled a risk assessment for cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin BTC according to the Bank of Russia's screening program for the second half of 2021. The examination of the potential risks of cryptocurrency investing will consider systemic risks. Do you guys know what that means? Linked to cryptocurrency, investment by Russian individuals and entities. Guys, again, governments and banks are freaking pinned here. It's a really tough spot. If I was rubbing, running a government or running a bank, I would be very, I would be in a tough spot, man, because a lot of retail banks are in trouble as is. And, uh, you know, it sucks that they have all this overhead and stuff. And the governments, too. I mean, geez, how are you going to maintain order and control when these technologies completely give all the power to the people? It's almost like you're going to have to compete for your people's respect. And, you know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens here with the world powers, who gets leverage, who doesn't. It's really scary, guys. It's also really exciting, especially if you're an entrepreneur. 
So we're going to see this massive game of chess being played out, but you might be interested to hear the next article as well. And listen to this. As part of the investigation in like the risks of crypto by Russia, the Bank of Russia will collect data from 15 credit organizations, including major banks like I can never pronounce these and I've been to Russia, Spurbank, VTB and Tinkoff Bank. Uh, so Privyet to all the Russians listening. The Russian men and Russian women. I know that I do have a bit of a Russian audience on my podcast, so shout out to you guys. And I, I also have a big Netherlands pod, uh, audience, believe it or not. But here, let's continue here. <laughs> payment systems like Visa and MasterCard and electronic payment providers like Western Union, Kiwi, and Web Money. The Bank of Russia is also looking to release a study on equity investment by non-resident investors by October on November 2021. So non-resident investors, guys. The Bank of Russia's assessment of crypto-related risk comes amid growing criticism from lawmakers and business people regarding the institution's tough stance on the crypto industry. And that's true, but like, what were they going to do? They had to play the card of we're going to be banning it more so than they played the card of adopting it. And the risks are systemic and they're real. They're real risks because if you have all the banks collapse, though people in crypto will be happy, it's not a very great thing overall because, you know, there's there's certain things that the current, what would be ideal, and this is going to be rough, however you play this game out, this is going to be rough, there's going to be a lot of jobs lost, there's going to be a lot of businesses and politicians and you know, banking places that get completely freaking disrupted. They're not going to know what's coming, guys. They're, they're just going to have no idea. And, you know, that part sucks, but that's part of capitalism. That's part of entrepreneurship. So you either stay up with the times or you get freaking wiped out by the tsunami. Now, Russia has been playing this very safe, and I've been following how Russia's been playing this, and obviously Putin is incredibly on the conservative type of approach in terms of just being very cautious and safe. I think he's playing the long game and he wants to increase the adoption in small increments. Otherwise he knows that the leverage he will lose in government and in financial in the financial space in Russia will just obliterate all the leverage that he has. And I can't say I don't respect him for it, but you, that's why you see in these countries, in these bigger world powers, these, these narratives of we're going to ban it, we're going to unban it, we're going to ban it, we're going to unban it. And the reason why is because if everybody starts using crypto, everybody starts using the did until they get CBDCs, and you're going to see this in the next articles, but if you don't have a CBDC in place, right, then here's what's happening in New York, or I mean uh, in America. You have now, you have to get these banks on board because otherwise all the funds are just going to be leaving. Like they're going to be losing millions of dollars, guys. Look at this. According to NCR Digital Banking Chief, this is back on the first article. According to NCR Digital Banking Chief Douglas Brown, the company's banking clients were routinely reporting massive outflows of customer savings to crypto exchanges. For Brown, offering BTC trading avenues will help NCR and its clients capture some of the $1.4 trillion market. 
That's a huge market. Russia knows this. China knows this. Um, India knows this. That's why you see them have this narrative of, okay, we're going to ban it, we're going to unban it. We're going to ban it, we're going to unban it. Otherwise, they're going to get completely wiped out. And they know that they can't fully be anti-crypto because all of a sudden what's going to happen is you're going to have other countries adopting Bitcoin and using it. And you're going to have other countries ahead of the game in tech. And they don't want that either. They just don't want a complete economic collapse. And they don't want to lose all their leverage. So they need to shape the narrative. They need to create a CBDC so that way their banks and governments can maintain some sort of control. And that's what's happening, guys. I'm telling you. So moving on. Bank of Russia forms first digital ruble testing group. All right. The Central Bank of Russia is setting up a group of banking institutions to test its central bank digital currency CBDC next year. On Tuesday, the Bank of Russia officially announced the establishment of the first pilot group for testing the digital ruble, bringing together 12 Russian banks. Okay, literally getting a CBDC in place, banning crypto, unbanning crypto, banning crypto, unbanning crypto. It's the best strategy that they got. Because if they completely ban it, the technology in other countries will far surpass them. Like, wait till you see Africa with Cardano. I mean, that's going to be a world power. Dude, these governments are screwed. Like, they're really freaking screwed. It's sad to see. So they have to cling on to any dignity or pride that they have left. Okay? And they have some of these smartest minds. and, And that's not a problem. The resources aren't a problem. The problem is the nature of blockchain and the fact that it was a complete surprise attack and every every world government every world bank is scrambling to figure this stuff out because guess what they create a strategy today and guess what their strategy gets disrupted tomorrow things are moving too quick i feel bad for them um on tuesday the bank of russia officially announced the establishment of the first pilot group for testing the digital ruble bringing together 12 russian banks the pilot members include russia's largest banks like state-backed Spurbank and VTB, as well as major private banks like Tinkoff Bank. Other participants include Commercial Bank, Alpha Bank, Gazprom Bank, Promsvizayas Bank. If you're from Russia, I know I'm just obliterating the pronunciation on these, so forgive me. Um, Roz Bank, Akbar's Bank, Dom.RF, SKB Bank, TKB, and Suez Bank. The bank reaffirmed Russia's plans to complete a prototype digital ruble platform by the end of 2021 and roll out testing in January 2022. So by January 2022, which is about six months away, you should see the first Russian CBDC. Okay, so if you're from Russia, I mean, this is going to solve a lot of problems because the government and the banks can maintain their control and you know, preserve whatever's left of their dignity and pride and ego. And they they will still have a way to control the economies. And that's great. It's also going to advertise the hell out of Bitcoin. So they still got to figure that one out. Because why would you have all your money into a CBDC if you can use Bitcoin as a payment rail and Bitcoin appreciates? I mean, the only real factor that I could see using the CBDC would be is if you really want to take a loan against Bitcoin and pay it back in CBDC because you know the value of CBDC will go down since they can print as much fiat as they want. So, or digital fiat, I guess in this case. 
So, I don't know. I haven't played that mental chess out yet. We'll see what happens. Moving on, Beijing Subway now accepts digital yuan. I mean, China's already like done this a few times, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do since they've already like started to adopt the digital yuan. What I want to see is how countries will react once they have their CBDC to Bitcoin, like I just mentioned. What are they going to do? Like, there's a huge elephant in the room, which is decentralization at scale versus governments and banks. And I don't really want to see it get too, like, you know, I guess um, contentious would be the word. I want them to work together. I'm okay with governments taking some control so that way we have some kind of order. Obviously, I'm more entrepreneurial and capitalist, so the less, like in America at least, I would like to see no regulations for business and just let us be freaking wild and suffer the consequences of that and have recessions. Though I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to continue to see inflation. And that's why people are going to move to something like Bitcoin because they're just going to continue to print more digital money and it's going to be you know supply and demand and from that standpoint it's a little bit you know it's a little bit of like uh unless they make someone pay the piper unless we have a global reset or at least an economic reset in your own nation i mean you're gonna see this war play out and i hate to say that word war but it's true this is super bullish though for crypto and the reason why is because let me read this to you china continues expanding the scope of its central bank digital currency cbdc by debuting digital yuan payments to transport services according to an official wednesday announcement the beijing subway has launched a pilot program enabling passengers to access 24 subway lines in four sub your urban sorry suburban I pronounce suburban wrong. That's kind of funny. Uh, railway stations using the digital yuan, also known as an e Jenny uh, uh, or a CNY. The announcement notes that Beijing Rail tra- Transit service providers will continue promoting diverse applications of the digital yuan in order to optimize the new digital travel experience. All right. Slow but not steady. And this is another thing, guys. So like. Okay, wait, back to this. Why is this important? Well, it's going to it's going to attract more cooperation of crypto. I mean, I don't use crypto to go buy groceries, guys. I use crypto because I'm fascinated with the technology. I I can't believe that we're going to be able to buy artificial intelligences, lease them out like AGI is doing. I can't believe that we're going to be able to basically have a secure means of carrying our data around and not having to have it leaked to anybody without our permission through what's called like basically this through blockchain i mean we're going to be able to you know scan a id it's going to go in the blockchain that it was verified and then boom erased from the blockchain boom we're good to go that's regulation technology that's coming out we're going to have weather and climate data at scale not just for the governments but transparent for everybody that can be sold to to from and to farmer farmers we're gonna have marketplaces for pretty much everything and i don't know man it's it's crazy because now you have this digital wand which is really a gateway drug to crypto in general and 
it's really it's really going to be interesting. We have NFTs, non-fungible tokens, it's completely going to disrupt the contract space, completely going to disrupt real estate, completely going to disrupt stocks, um, bonds, mutual funds, and I just think it's it's a lot of disruption, guys. So then we have uh, India's stance on Bitcoin and crypto. It's evolving. Uh, India's Reserve Bank has long since condemned the use of cryptocurrencies. But other than the Supreme Court striking down its 2018 bill last year, the Indian government's stance on cryptocurrencies has been largely uncertain. On one hand, top sources tracking the government's stance say it has shifted away from the idea of a complete ban. On the other hand, more banks have started barring cryptocurrency-related businesses from accessing their services, including ICIC, um, bank, Patum banks, payments, uh, Yes Bank, and most recently IDFC First Bank. According to reports, India's market regulator, the Securities and Exchange Board of India will oversee legislation for the cryptocurrency sector once Bitcoin classifies becomes classified as an asset class. So they're playing the waiting game, guys, just like everybody else. Sources also suggest an expert panel is being put together to study the technology and the parliament monsoon session will discuss introducing a cryptocurrency regulation bill. All right, so they're kind of in, kind of out. On one hand, top sources tracking the government's stance say it has shifted away from the idea of a complete ban. On the other hand, they're saying they might ban it again. I mean, to me, it's like they're hedging their position. And I think they're going to be needing to do a lot more research. I think, again, you're going to need to see a CBDC in place until they fully integrate it. And the CBDC, what it does is it allows the banks to still, you know, be able to say, okay, we're very crypto friendly. You can store your crypto here. In fact, we're going to incentivize you to do it. And that's going to be good because we don't want retail banks to completely collapse. Uh, I think that that would be a bad thing for our economies if they just one day vanished. I think that there are, you know, uh, consequences to when that happens. And we definitely want to slowly and easily ease into this. But at the same time, I have no idea what the fuck or what the heck is going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, I got my, you know, northeastern mouth out here. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see it, you know, get played out. But um, all right, guys, I'm going to let you go on that. That's Jay Crypto. Once again, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can subscribe to the channel if you want to see projects, news and crypto. Uh, subscribe, hit the like button if you like Bitcoin, show this video to more people. I mean, Bitcoin's inevitable. It's just an interesting chess match we're going to see of narrative. So once you understand that this is just a big chess match, you understand that Bitcoin is, a, is it's going to be inevitable. It's going to be an incredible way to store your value. It's not a stock, guys. It's not a stock. It's an engineered money. Okay. So we've engineered things to harness the power of wind, but we've never really engineered something to harness the power of money until Bitcoin. It's a perfect engineered money that you know takes all of gold's features as a store of value and fixes all the flaws and keeps all the pros. So that's what I got for you guys. That's J Crypto. I'm out.